Welcome to the recording of our Practice Manager webinar, which we held on the 2nd of February. Maisie and Daz joined us at the end of the webinar and gave us an excellent presentation on the emotional impact of having difficult conversations. Due to the personal nature of this and the stories that were shared, we've not included this presentation in the recording. However, the slides Maisie presented are on our website to view and I'll be recording a separate podcast shortly with her so she can share her illuminating, practical and innovative thoughts, which can help all of us when we experience difficult situations. Welcome, everybody. This is um, one of our regular practice manager updates, and we're delighted that you can join us. So I'm Louise Greenwood for Director of Education for Wessex LMCs, and I'm joined with by Lisa Harding and Michelle Lombardi, two of our directors of primary care. And we're particularly pleased today that we've got um, Dr. Laura Edwards and Dr. Andy Perbrick joining us too. So you may have seen in our newsletter that sadly our um, current acting CEO, Dr. Gareth Bryant, is retiring at Easter. Um, but we're completely delighted that Laura and Andy, who currently work with us as medical directors, will be taking over the role in a joint way. So they've come up to meet us today, um, come to meet you all, to come to chat to you, and just they're going to give us a little bit of an update of what's sort of current and hot in the um, in the world of GPs at the moment. And I think they might sort of touch on the letter in the Times and possibly uh, something about the reviews of general practice that are going on at the moment. So um, Laura and Andy, welcome, and um, over to you. Thank you. So yes, as Louise has said, um, Dr. Gareth Bryant, who's our acting CEO, um, will be retiring in April and we wish him very well. Um, he's been an absolutely vital part of this team um, and he's led us really well over the past few months um, during a difficult time. Uh, big changes for us, you know, as an LMC team and obviously big changes in the world uh, as well and in general practice. Um, so we want to say thank you to Gareth um, and uh, we wish him well in retirement. Andy and I are absolutely delighted that the board have appointed us as co-CEOs to lead Wessex LMCs uh, going forwards in April with an absolutely fantastic leadership team around us whose faces are very familiar to you uh, from things like this uh, webinar. Um, we are accountable ultimately to our GP members and we know that in turn they lean on you as practice managers uh, to run their businesses day to day. So we are really honoured. We feel it's a real privilege to be serving um, all of our constituents. Um, and the first thing that I wanted to do, and I know Andy will echo me strongly in this, is to say thank you to you as practice managers. We absolutely know that well, actually, I don't know how you do your job because it is it is just such a difficult job that you do and you are absolutely integral to all general practices out there. Um, they couldn't do it without you. We know that. And um, every week I'm stunned with how many more things you're asked to do. Um, and it, it's so busy. And I see that in my own practice. And I know my own practice manager is, is on this call. Um, and we are in awe of you. Both Andy and I are totally in awe of the work that you do. Um, so the first thing I wanted to do, and I know Andy will echo this, is, is say thank you and respect you for that. So thank you very much for everything you are doing and continue to do. Um, and the other thing that we want to do and, and we will strive is to support you in what you do and make sure that you can do the job to the best of your potential, um, unencumbered by unnecessary bureaucracy and craziness that the world around you tries to put on you. Um, and I know that all of the team, that's, that's our ethos, is to try and help you do that. And we look forward to doing that. And our focus will be on local things that, you know, you as our local constituents and what matters to you will matter to us. Us. and we're always here to listen to those concerns and views so thank you and Andy did you want to add anything 
Thanks. Yep. Just really to introduce myself. So for those of you who don't know me, I, I'm Andy Perbrick. I'm a GP in Poole in Dorset. I've been a partner in the practice there for 22 years and I've been here at the LMC for five years. So and as Laura says, it's a real honour to um, be given the reins to lead uh, this fantastic organisation. Uh, and when I say lead, we're going to be leading from within because actually we've got a fantastic team who are all very capable of uh, leading in their own rights in the areas that they're experts in. Uh, and we know our limitations uh, and their capabilities. And believe me, they are more than capable. Um, as Laura says, you as practice managers, I, I don't envy your job at all. You know, it must seem like you're herding cats most of the time, especially when you're dealing with GPs who are probably, um, as if speaking as a GP myself, um, probably easier to run a, a primary school or a, a nursery sometimes um, than get us to agree on things. So, so yeah, we're here to represent you, your GPs, your practices. Um, our focus is on local issues, uh, but we do have national connections, which we'll use when we need to. Did you want us to talk a little bit about some of the national issues? That I, was going to say, I think it would be helpful, Andy, if you don't mind, a few of the national issues. And I, and I think that, um, Laura, you might have been mentioning the letter that was in the Times. And there's, there seems to be a number of reviews of general practice at the moment and focus seems to be a little bit um, confused at the top, maybe. And I just wondered if you wanted to comment on that. I was going to say, I missed out a bit of who I am because I, I just... <laughs> so I'm Laura Edwards. I'm also a GP. I work at Hedge End Medical Centre in Hampshire and I've been a medical director with the LMC for nine years, I think now, um, but I've also had a background working in public health as well. Um, so uh, that's 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 me. I'm sorry, I, I missed that bit out at the start. Um, in terms of uh, national issues, Andy, Laura, yeah. sorry. There was one bit I, I missed out as well. I thought you might want to touch upon our, our <laughs> representativeness. Would you, like to, would you like to comment on that? <laughs> We're very fluid, very fluid style here. You see. Yeah, I, I thought it'd probably be some of you may be wondering why we had joint CEOs. Um, yeah. uh, uh, and the reasoning behind that was really because we're cognizant of the makeup of our constituents now. It's a, a broad brush of uh, partners, uh, salaried GPs, locums, 50-50 um, split of male to female, probably moving more towards uh, women dominating rather than men, which you know, is, is a positive thing, if you ask me. Um, and um, so... We, we wanted to be really representative as an organisation and the idea of having joint chief executives, we feel, kind of crossed all of those um, representative um, uh, uh, boundaries. So, you know, obviously I'm an older male GP. Laura's young uh, and female. <laughs> Laura, Laura works um, as a, a salaried doctor um, uh, and I work as a partner. And so... Hopefully, we, we can get perhaps a more representative feel to the organisation for all of the constituents that we serve. Thank you, Mandy. Laura, did you want to go about, about the review? Um, I think if we want to touch on what Andy was going to say first about what's kind of happening nationally, and then I'll pick yeah, up about the article at the end of that. As a, as a yeah. yeah, over to you, Andy. Yeah, so a, a, a day's a long time in politics, even longer time in um in general practice and um, just when we thought we knew what was going on everything changes again around vcog uh contracts 
certainly at a GPC level and BMA level nationally, we've got a new um, uh, chair of the BMA General Practitioners Committee, Farah Jamil. She's the first female chair of committee. Uh, we know her well here and she's an absolutely fantastic GP and negotiator. She's appointed a new executive, so three GPs, um, and uh, they are all jobbing GPs on the executive. So Dean Eggert, um, uh, Kieran Sharrett, and um, Richard Van Mallart. Uh, and they are now forming the, the sort of negotiating group of the General Practitioners Committee of the BMA. They're focusing on uh, con contractual negotiations with NHS England at the moment around our 22-23 contract most of which won't uh, involve dramatic changes. I think we won't see much in the way of changes to Quaff or, or the PCN There's um, more the implementations of the contractual agreements that were already in place for the five-year deal that we agreed um, a few years ago. Um, there was a mandate at the LMC National Conference to negotiate a new GP contract, uh, and that, that is beginning to, to um, proceed. Obviously, that's not going to be a quick fix, uh, and will require quite a lot of negotiating and input. Um, the uh, uh, LMT conference, there was a, uh, a mandate for GPC not to negotiate around PCNs, concerns that PCNs uh, were too much of a focus for NHS England and actually investment needed to come into the core contract. So although the executive committee are negotiating and discussing around PCNs, their focus is very much back at a practice level and a core contract level. Um, but what GPC are asking for is a reduction in the micromanagement at a PCN level, allow PCNs to be able to deliver what they need for their population without strings attached. You'll remember that before Christmas, we were in balloted for industrial action or views around industrial action. Uh, there wasn't a clear mandate um, to proceed with industrial action in terms of numbers of votes, but it's still a potential threat there that, that GPC are holding on to in the background. And they're currently working with a strategic comms team to engage with public focus groups um, to understand their views on industrial action and, and, and how that would be perceived if we did move forward. But I think the, the main point for me is if we do undertake any form of industrial action, what is the ask that we, we want from it? Um, there is a focus perhaps looking more at um, uh, a uh, collaborative action rather than formal industrial action that doesn't um, involve us breaching any contracts. But again, that's something that is hopefully on the back burner at the moment while the new executive team establish relationships with NHS England and try and get some constructive outcome from negotiations. Uh, and then on the back of that, we've got three reviews now into um, general practice. It seems like we're getting a new review each day. We had the Jeremy Hunt review, um, which was announced around about Christmas time. And then Claire Fuller is looking at the role of general practice in the ICSs. Uh, and then Sajid Javid has now decided that he wants his own review into general practice. So we have fed into the um, Jeremy Hunt and the Fuller review as an LMC. And we've encouraged our constituents to do the same. Uh, and um, we hope that the comments that we've put forward are listened to. Um, obviously, the BMA are also feeding into those reviews uh, and we await the outcome of them. Uh, I think I'll hand over to Laura now to comment perhaps on the Times article that some of you may have seen on the weekend. 
Yeah, so I don't know whether this has crossed everyone's radar. There was a kind of little uh, hidden article in the Times. It wasn't on the front page. It was just a small article that just dropped into the water uh, that there were some plans by Sajid Javid to nationalise GPs. Um, And uh, this has obviously been quite an inflammatory kind of thing to say. Um, And I think we're just aware of that. There there hasn't been, apart from that article, there there hasn't been anything else. That article is very light and vague on detail. Um, And it talks about nationalising GPs as a way to cut hospital admissions. Um, I have to say, you know, my view is the hospitals decide who they admit and who they don't. So um, I'm not sure you can lay that at the doors of of GPs. Um, And also, uh, I think it's worth reflecting that up and down the country, and we met with some other LMCs yesterday, that there is um, a distinct lack of appetite, really, of hospitals to be doing this. Um, And also that has happened in various areas and it, it hasn't necessarily gone very well. They were quoting Wolverhampton in there as as a, um, an example where it is brilliant and that was what they were basing it on but there are many other examples where, where it has happened and it, and it hasn't been a success so I think our message at this point would be to say it is just one article there's a lot of noise going on in the system at the moment as Andy has just said there are three inquiries into general practice at the moment and there's a lot uh, going on for GPC at the moment so um I wouldn't read too much into that one article. I think we're at a point where we've just got to stop and see what happens um, next, but don't lay too much store by it. Thanks, Laura. And thanks, Andy. That's really helpful. There's a couple of questions, three quite different questions have come in, actually. One is about the LMC itself. Um, Great to hear all your support for PMs and how important they are to general practice. Question, is the LMC a GP-only membership organisation? You are currently looking for a practice manager rep as an invitee to the LMC membership meeting, so there are no voting rights. And that might give the perception of lip service. So I just think it'd be interesting to have your your thoughts on that. Lisa and Michelle, do feel free to join in. But Laura and Andy, Laura, did you want to go first? Yeah, so so yes, it, it is a GP membership organisation. We've been around since 1911 and it's written into statute um, and we are ultimately a, a GP membership organisation. Having said that, as we've stated today, and hopefully you can see by our actions and the resources that we put towards you as practice managers, then we think you are vital as part of the fabric of general practice. The PM invitee rep is actually to show that as well because we value that perspective and our committees value that perspective in the committee meetings um, it's very rare that we actually do votes so I would say the most important thing is actually being in the room being part of the discussion giving the opinion giving feedback raising issues um, and and being that practice manager voice in the room and and I would hope that our PM invitees feel that they are because we have them currently so this is not a new role this we have them currently they feel valued and respected in that environment um, and I think that's the most important thing. Thank you, Laura. And not all um, LMCs around the country do have practice managers as involved um, yeah. as um, as we do at the LMC. So s- sitting around the table at all, um, there's always more we can do, obviously, but I think that's really helpful. Thank you, Laura. Um, so a couple of other questions. Um, have you heard any chatter intelligence about contract uplift? Normally we have got it on our partner's agenda at this time of year, but we haven't seen anything yet. Andy, did you want to come in on that one? 
So you may remember the contract was negotiated for five years. So there's a set up lift every year that was negotiated. I can't remember how much it was um, uh, in terms of percentage terms, but it's it was agreed when we did the original five-year contract agreement back in 2000, I think that was, say. Um, I think it's the same as last year, but don't quote me on that. Hmm? I think we will. Okay, thank you, Andy. So there's one more question here. There seems to be unlimited money for our staff to assist the PCNs, but never anything to enable us to retain and keep practice staff who can earn more working in a supermarket. Do you think a decent pay rise is on the cards for 22-23? No. Uh, I mean, it's something I've raised at a national level repeatedly uh, and again very recently. Uh, and it's why we've asked uh, GPC to focus on the core contract, because all the funding seems to be going in at a PCN level, but our staffing costs at a core level are increasing. So I totally agree with you. You know, as a partner in a practice, my main um, my main costs are my staff, uh, and as you say, staff are voting with their feet at the moment. The job has changed considerably as well. So what we're asking our reception and admin teams to do is very different to what they were doing even two years ago and the complexity of their jobs has changed uh, and what they're having to deal with is uh, very difficult at, uh, at times especially so yeah we're asking for that to be recognized in the core contractual funding so that we can retain these staff who are crucial to the running of the practices okay thanks andy so there are no more questions for now i think michelle will go to you now and we are going to update us a little bit about cqc aren't you yeah, so this was really just to go through some of the resources that we identified. So back in November, December time, CQC announced that they were going to do some access visits relating to the Winter Access Fund. And um, even though they are paused uh, and we're not clear yet as to when these are going to restart uh, and we await that information, we thought it would be useful just to share with you um, a couple of documents that we've prepared for practices to prepare for these visits if you're in that position uh, where CQC announces they're going to do an access visit with you. So Louise is just sharing uh, one of the screens now. So this um, is a slide deck that provides you with the regulations around appointments, um, looking at IIF, so the impact and investment fund and the appointment requirements around those which we know mostly have been suspended for this year. And there are slides that you can enter your information on um, around and provide evidence to CQC of the achievements that you've made um, over the last however many months. So that was the first document that's available to you. These are all available on our website. The second document is a checklist because actually CQC will be in your building and it's useful just uh, to refresh and remind you of some of the things that you might just want to consider uh, if they do one of these visits. And it's just, um, you don't have to do this, but it's just might be useful for you um, in preparation, just in case they do restart the access visits. So that's those, both of those. And the other um, subject that I just wanted to talk a bit about was GPAS, so the General Practice Alert State. And I'm not sure if uh, some practices may be aware of this, but actually there's a huge amount of information around secondary care and what uh, alert level that they may be on for this week. However, there's not so much for primary care. And as an LMC, we have been, have been given the opportunity uh, of a piece of software that um, Devon LMC has developed in relation to um, collecting information. There will be, we're looking to 
pilot this with a, a number of practices um, and we're keen to identify those, particularly in the Dorset and BSW area. We've identified um, a number of practices uh, to, within the Hampshire area. And this is basically to look at answering seven questions. It will be on a weekly basis, seven questions that take about six minutes to answer. And there's one that relates to searches, uh, one relates to contacts on a Monday. So, and there will be a search that you can, that we will provide to you that you would be running. It then converts it into an OPAL assessment, so similar to the hospital, and basically looks at then what triggering, what support you might be, um, might be available to you. I think it's probably um, useful to highlight this is a com this will be confidential, um, and actually it's anonymous unless you identify that you're unless you want to identify to us that you're really struggling and need support, um, and we will be collecting this information. As I say, we're looking to um, roll this roll this out shortly, and we're looking for pilot practices to help us um, test this. So if you're interested, particularly in the Dorset area, Dorset area and BSW area, please do get in contact with us. Um, Oh, Andy's got his hand up. Andy. Yeah, it's just to really re reiterate, actually, the reason behind this is for years, um, we get the emails from the hospital EQ trust saying they're in Opal, whatever, please don't send patients to hospital. Uh, and we've never really had the data to push back to say, well, actually, we're struggling too. Uh, and so the idea is that we have real-time data on a weekly basis of how GPs are uh, managing workload uh, and staffing and we can feed this back at a system level uh, and the aspiration is that this information goes to the acute trust to NHS England to the local authorities everyone that we feel is relevant so that they are aware of the pressures that general practice is under but also when we reach a certain opal level we would have an ask of the integrated care system uh, in terms of their response to support general practice when they are at that level so um, it's really crucial that we get the, the regular information from you so that we can then um, use it to fight our corner. Thanks, Andy. So it's practices. You want a few more practices to help us, Michelle um, Dorset and BSW. Okay, so contact any one of us, um, email us if you're happy to get involved in that. That would be great. Thanks, Michelle. I think, Lisa, you have got a little a few updates um, starting with VCARD for us. Thanks, Louise. Yes. So um, really just wanted to update because obviously we gave um, a short presentation on VCOD last or a couple of weeks ago on VCOD. And so we just really wanted to give people the updated position. I'm sure people are already aware. However, there was a, a letter issued on 31st of January um, to say that a decision had been made by the Secretary of State that the VCOD uh, legislation would be reconsidered. So it went on to say that the government decision was subject to the parliamentary process and will require further consultation and a vote to be passed into legislation. Um, we have no timeframes attached to that. So uh, the letter was very um, vague in terms of next steps, essentially. Um, but I think the key thing for practice to be aware of, the letter was stressing that employers should not serve notice of termination on employees who have not been vaccinated. Um, so we really just wanted to make sure that all the practices were aware of that. Um, you can continue to encourage your employees to be vaccinated, continue to have supportive conversations with, him, with them, um, but we would advise you to wait for further advice. Um, also, I noticed somebody just posted a, a question in the chat around collecting 
data on vaccinations from staff. Um, there was an ask within that same letter to say, please continue to collect the information. And I think the, the, the submission deadline is today. Um, what I will just do is go away and double check to see whether the COPI regulations still provide you with a, the legal basis to do that. Um, so we really just wanted to give people the heads up if they weren't already aware. Thanks, Lisa. And so that information that you'll check will put out with the podcast and with the recording so you can um, catch up with that. Thank you. And um, you've got a few uh, um, PCSE. Hooray. Yes. And again, it was just really to draw people's attention. I'm sure everybody gets the PCSE um, updates, but I know everybody's really busy. There was um, an update that came out on Monday and there were a couple of things around pensions and deadlines that we thought might be just useful for you to be aware of. Um, There PCSE are hosting a number of end of year pension webinars um, this month to help GPs complete their end of year forms on PCSE online um, and they'll cover how to submit type one annual certificates and type two self-assessments um, and there's a live Q&A. Um, the deadline for, for submitting those end of year certificates is 28th February. Um, so there are a number of dates. I think they're, they're ranging there about, uh, there are some dates on the 15th and 16th of February, um, sort of midday and some in early evening. So perhaps we can post those with, with the webinar um, recording as well. Um, and then the final bit was just mentioned um, with regard to the 2019-20 pension compensation window, um, that GP application window will close on the 11th of February. Um, and it's the final application window for a GP to submit that their pensions annual allowance compensation scheme application form to PCSE for processing ahead of the scheme application deadline. So it's really just in case people want to remind um, their GPs. So that was it. Thanks, Louise. Lovely. Thank you, Lisa. And um, while we're just waiting for Amazing to, to join us, I just wanted to let people know that we had our first sort of networking group on Monday for PCN managers. So if that applies to any of you and you'd like to just network with other, other PCN managers in any of our patch, you'd be very welcome to join us at the next one. I can give you some more information. We did two um, PCN webinars back in the autumn, one on finance and one on organisation. At the time, if any of you want to network together, we're happy to facilitate a conversation. So we did that on um, Monday and Lisa um, um, Harding was there with me and, and Will Harding, one of the other our medical directors. And it was a great opportunity for people from literally from all around our patch, up from Bath to Gosport to Purbeck to um, Aldershot. I think there were, there were people from all over our patch and they found it very helpful to say, well, what are you doing in your area? These are our challenges. What are you finding? So if that applied to any of you and you'd like to get involved or you think maybe your PCN manager who you work with might not have been involved in that, do let them know. And we're very happy. We understand it's it, it can be a tricky position to be in um, and um, we just want to help. And then we know that the more the, the, the efficiency and the smooth running of the PCNs, and that really helps in all the practices too. So we just wanted to make it sort of join things up for you all and provide the resources where they'd be helpful. Um, I just wondered, um, Lisa and Andy, whether you wanted to say anything about the um, webinar you've got tomorrow morning, because I think that's um, that's the last one of our how-to how series. Our, our how-to series was how to do, and then it was a contract, we've contracted on leadership. We had a sort of over 90 people to the leadership one, that, which that was fantastic. We've had um, finance, we've had, what else have we had? We've had um, premises, Michelle did an excellent on premises. So we had all sorts of things, and this is a series for six months we've done, um, really for new partners, 
aspiring partners and perhaps managers have been on, some um, mid-career GPs who are now taking on more responsibility of the management of the practice and more of a senior role. Um, and they have been very successful. We'll be reviewing them shortly and then looking to put on something similar or something different, depending on the feedback. We just want to make sure they're useful for you on an ongoing basis. But we've got the last one um, coming up tomorrow. So Lisa, I don't know if you want to say a little bit about that. Thanks, Louise. Yes, I think, it, I think it's going to be useful. I think we've got a, a good uh, webinar lined up for everybody. Um, we have a good uh, set of attendees. I don't know if it's too late. Is it, Louise, if people want to... Never too late to in if they, if they want to. So um, we're going to set off, I think, Andy and I are going to sort of set the tech context, you know, the dry stuff around regulations, what you have to do, what you're obliged to do around complaints and some just basics that I'm sure people will be pretty familiar with, but it's probably no harm to um, include a reminder. And then we have um, Alan Frame from, I think, Andy's from the MDDUS, who's just going to give a bit more leading on from that in terms of actually, what does that mean? How, how can you handle an, a, a complaint? Some top tips really around managing them um, and, and just getting support from the team, clinical leadership, et cetera, et cetera. And then we have Iona Neve from the performance team, who's just really good at update people and give people more information about that process. I think probably sort of debugging some myths and giving some pe people some reassurance around that happening how that works, what to expect, because I know that's something that really um, causes a huge amount of anxiety. Um, and as ever, it's an interactive session. We're really keen to get people to participate, give us questions, um, just to make it as useful as it possibly can be. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. So that's going to be, so Andy, you'd recommend GPs come on that? It's, it's particularly useful for GPs? Absolutely. Both both aspects, you know, GPs are inherently involved with the complaints process within the practice. And actually, my opinion is that there should be a GP lead within the practice supporting the, the complaints manager uh, who leads on complaints. And then certainly from a performance perspective, uh, before I joined the LMC, I'd never heard of the NHSEI performers team. And I think, sadly, most doctors never have heard of them until a letter arrives on their doorstep informing them that they're subject of a uh, an inquiry relating to a complaint or a concern around their performance. So it's about informing them of the purpose of the team uh, and why or, or why they may not be involved with that team. Uh, and also to understand how they would raise a concern about a colleague if they had a genuine concern. Uh, and actually, it's a step way before GMC and, not, and often the most appropriate route to uh, obtain support for a doctor that's struggling um, rather than going straight to the GMC who tend to use a sledgehammer to crack a nut. Really helpful. Thank you very much. That should be a very interesting session tomorrow. And um, there's just been one question in the chat. Yes, of course, I will. Um, Julie, I'll send you the details. In fact, we'll put them. Um, it's there aren't. It's, this is very new. The perhaps um, the PCN support managers network. So just at the moment, contact me, email me about it, and we'll put something again with the podcast recording out for you, so you can just. Um, and hopefully, this will grow and this will be useful. We'll put some more information on our website, and we'll see where it goes. As you know, we only just try and be helpful to you and provide resources when you need them. Um, so that's good. So I think. I think um, we've come to the end now. We all feel nice and grounded and centred, don't we? So that's a really lovely start to the rest of the afternoon. So thank you very much, particularly to Andy and Laura for joining us today. We look forward to seeing much more of you over these um, these sessions in the, in the months to come. Thank you as ever to Lisa and Michelle. And have a good rest of the week, everybody. And we'll see you again very soon. Thank you.